Welcome back. This is Talking to Myself, and I'm your host, Michael Stevens. On our last episode, we followed Ari as he unlocked the clockwork flower and was transported into a new realm. We asked our listeners if Ari should tell the mysterious imp his name, and the vote came back yes. Let's hope it's the right choice as we join Ari in part two. Chapter One, Forever Fields, Part Two. I scrambled to my feet, brushing off my pants. I looked around, bewildered and amazed. My new surroundings were like nothing I'd ever seen before. Purple rolling grass fields, orange skies, and mushrooms as tall as the trees. The trees themselves bore what looked like every fruit imaginable, instead of one or the other. The air was filled with weird and new sounds. Along with scents I couldn't recognize, but delighted in. Everything here was so different and so refreshing. Um, well, boy. The impatient imp Grip said, picking his long blue nose, his bulbous head tilted backward, his red clean-cut mohawk the same color as the sign he sat upon, letting his mouth hang open, his even longer tongue rolling from side to side obviously enjoying the excavation of his nose a little too much. He hopped a bright green glow onto a nearby white, almost translucent bush. I snapped back into the present situation and spoke boldly, as if not to seem afraid. Aries, D'Angelo LaCroix, at your service. <laughs> stupid surfacer, don't you know anything? Never give your name to the Fae. A wide and malevolent grin stretched from one pointed and pierced ear to the other. He pointed at me with his long knobby fingers, his fingernails a yellow-brown, having a similar look of wood grain and sharp. With his other hand, he grabbed a potion bottle filled with purple liquid from his belt. Tossing it toward me, hitting the ground, the bottle broke, causing a chemical reaction. The liquid turned to gas as it rose up and engulfed me in its purple vapors. It was then I felt a click on my wrists. When the gaseous cloud had cleared, I saw my wrists were bound in a medieval-like form of handcuffs. Only they weren't the typical iron. They were made of a strange steel I was unfamiliar with. Linked together by chain, a leap from me to my captor. No, you can't. I didn't know. I don't even know where I am. I pleaded with grip. Stop shouting, Sufficer. You're mine now. You will do as I say. He barked back. Please, at least tell me where I am. I begged, allowing my fear to show. Fine then. If you must know, you're in Underhill. Grip responded in a matter-of-fact way. Underhill? My question, still uncertain of where or even when I was. Yes, yes. You surfacers have given us many names over the years. The center of the earth. The Underworld, Lumeria, Tiernanog, Magamel, Fairyland, Elfheim, and possibly the most stupid name of all, Wonderland. Grip spoke increasingly agitated, 
spinning again at the word Wonderland. Those can't all be the same place, can they? I asked more confused than before. Yes, they can, and they are. See you stupid surfacers come down here through caves and tunnels and sinkholes, and each of you think you're the first one to lay eyes on the place and decide to make up some stupid name instead of just asking. But that's a surfacer for ya. Always trying to control things. That's why we left their surface in the first place. Grip began to rant. He must have had a lot pent up. I couldn't believe it. A whole world just under our noses. This whole time, it held such beauty. It was magnificent. Except for my captor. He was quite an old fellow. The more he talked, however, the less frightened I got. And that silly little girl went around eating mushrooms and hallucinating because she found out she can't eat the food here, or she'll get stuck. She had no rhyme or reason, and can you believe she kept mistaking me for a cat? The nerve, and all this business about a red queen trying to take her head. How stupid she'd feel if she realized she was just standing there, frightened of a tavern sign for hours on end, muttering to herself. Had to make her chase a rabbit back to the surface. Dumb girl. He couldn't be serious. Well, at least he wasn't paying any attention to me. Maybe I could escape. I began to back up. The handcuffs sent a shockwave through me and I cried out. Not gonna work, boy. Magic binding, silly non-nothing surfacer. Rip said nonchalantly as he hopped down from the signpost came hobbling toward me. Stop calling me that. You can call me Ari. I'm not stupid either. I bellowed, with a mix of pain and frustration. Hmm, that remains to be seen. Ari. My captain spoke with a laugh. Come now, it's time we were off. I can fetch a pretty price for a surfacer slave with the blacksmith in Bramblehaven. He said, pulling the chain lead. Though he was only as tall as my knee, he was as strong as a full-grown man. The pull was more than I expected, and it jerked me forward into a stumble. Tell me, Ari, how did you fall from the sky when most surfacers come through caves? I haven't seen that before. Grip questioned, looking over his shoulder as we got onto the dirt path following the sign's arrow to Bramblehaven. Well, I'm not exactly sure. There was this clockwork flower and I... Clockwork flower, you say? The imp interrupted, looking nervous, beads of green sweat appearing on his forehead. He began looking around for something. That's enough of your lies, surfacer. He burst out and pulled hard on the chain, forcing me to stumble again. It's not a lie, I protested. No more out of you until we reach Bramblehaven. His demeanor changed completely. I squinted my eyes, knowing there's something more behind his sudden change in behavior. And I'm going to find out exactly what it is. <laughs>